Fanboy Nation. This is your pal Daffy Duck, and you're watching. You're watching. We're watching. You're watching Fanboy. 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 Fanboy, etc. Fanboy Nation. God, I assume Tom. <laughs> it's not easy being one of the beautiful people, but apparently she makes it look that way. Uh, we're talking to NWA commentator, former professional wrestler, uh, still healthy, still looks like she can get in the ring. Velvet Sky, how are you today? I am great. Thank you so much for having me and for that introduction. Listen, you know, you've been a part of the beautiful people. You've been a tag team champion. You've been a women's champion. Uh, you got your own show through the NWA. Uh, William Patrick Corrigan, uh, you know, professionally now, doesn't necessarily like being called Billy anymore is killing it with the promotion like we didn't expect the resurgence of the nwa to come out this way and now all of a sudden nwa's world heavyweight champion matt cardona who is a history revisionist has claimed that no one else but him has had a pay-per-view dedicated to him although you know rick flair did you know i always tell everybody when they bring up the person's name that you just brought up, like, do not refer to him as his government name. Mm-hmm. It's the C word. It's the C word, or we don't talk about him at all. Okay? All I don't right. know if you've heard me refer to him as the C word on commentary, but when my colleagues, Joe and Tim, call him by his actual name through commentary, I put a stop to it immediately because I don't even, just the sound of his name makes me sick to my stomach. So I refer to him as the C word and how he weaseled his way into having this pay-per-view named after his gimmick is, is just beyond me. But since he's come to the NWA, he has shown nothing but just complete and utter disrespect to the company as a whole, to the wrestlers saying the NWA needs to be saved. It never needed to be saved in the first place. But, you know, in his egotistical mind, he thinks he's like the second coming when it comes to his arrival in the NWA. And I am just disgusted with it, to be honest with you. Well, Matt, and it's not uh, tied at all. Right. Well, Matt, um, let's, cut, let's cut it off there. For all intents and purposes and respect for you, the C-word wrestler himself and the current champion, uh, again, has revised history, forgetting that Ric Flair had Flair for the gold named after him has forgotten the legacy of 75-plus years with the National Wrestling Alliance. You know, sorry, can you repeat that? Oh, I said he's forgotten the legacy of the organization. The C-word has? Yes, he has. Absolutely, I agree with you. Um, And legacy is the perfect word for that. I mean, the NWA is built on honor, respect, etiquette. You know, there's so much history behind the NWA. And there's no room for someone like him to just come in, strut his stuff around. Now he's bringing his family in. You know, you have his wife and BSK, and they call them, they're, they're known as the, I can't even say the name, the C words. But, um, and I, you know, it, it might sound like I'm being immature by referring to him as that. But that is just, again, my level of disgust. Knowing the history, the honor, the respect, like I mentioned, behind the NWA, to watch someone come in and just completely disrespect everything the NWA stands for, I don't stand for that at all. And I feel like I'm not the only one that recognizes that, but I am one of the only ones to speak on it. Because I speak my mind, I'm on commentary, I'm one of the voices of the NWA, so it's my job, my duty, my responsibility 
to, you know, say what I feel about what I'm watching unfold in front of my eyes. Well, there's also the people that forgot the fact that several of the biggest companies have been NWA affiliates throughout the years. WWE, when it was the World Wide Wrestling Federation, World Championship Wrestling, Extreme Championship Wrestling, Impact, when it was total nonstop action, at one point the AWA was. So as all these people splintered off from the NWA, they still had their foundations based in the NWA. So Cardona, I don't know what he's talking about since he's wrestled for quite a few of those other promotions. He's looking to come in, and it seems like he's like trying to make a mockery of the NWA. We have a really good thing going. Um, you know, the, the, the locker room, the talent, the production, everybody behind the scenes. It's a breath of fresh air to be a part of the NWA, and everyone is so genuinely happy and I'm not just saying this because I'm, you know, because I work there or because I'm doing an interview and I have to say this right now. The NWA is one of the best places in professional wrestling to work. You know, like I said, everyone is just so genuinely happy to be there, to be a part of it. There's no dissension. There's no drama. There's no politicking. There's no whispering behind people's backs. There's none of that. You know, it's just a very, very happy environment and happy place to work. And, you know, Billy set the tone with that, um, you know, and it's just been a breath of fresh air to be a part of something, especially, you know, in professional wrestling that is just so, you know, so respected and with so much history behind it. Again, with, with, with him coming in and just saying that it needs to be saved. I'm like, what does it need to be saved from? It needs to be saved from people like him. You know what I mean? Like, he's shown nothing but... He just he's he cheats he's he's dishonest. If you watch him in his matches, he can't win a match clean. It's just really really hard for me to sit behind the desk and kind of refrain from saying everything I want to say when I see him in action. Well, you got to worry about those censors and a couple of uh, choice words that you can't use on television. Oh, absolutely! But they are definitely running through my head, and nobody can stop me from censoring what runs through my head. I will say that. Yeah, I had spoken with Joe Galley about this, and he mentioned that the NWA has done a tremendous job in staying in its own lane for purists of professional wrestling. And I mentioned that the NWA has its own highway in this regard, because too many of the other promotions are looking at each other and trying to copy what worked for somebody else and not executing it the way it does for themselves. Yet the NWA has had this constant, especially since William Corrigan took over, that it's this wrestling purist. There are occasional couple of high flyers. There are your mat technicians. There are your wrestlers that, like, I, I always point out Trevor Murdoch. If I saw Trevor Murdoch at a bar get upset at somebody, <coughs> excuse me, I'm leaving the facility. Because I don't want to get on Trevor's bad side. No, I would, I would, I would highly recommend that no one gets on Trevor's bad side, especially as of lately, where he seems to have rightfully so snapped. You know, he's um, he's always he's he's a he's a standout performer of the NWA, no former heavyweight champion. Um, he's very he's a very respectable person when he's not pissed off, and I've never really seen Trevor pissed off as as much as I've seen him lately, and it's just because. He's had it, you know, and he's had it with the C-word person, too, because he sees, you know, how he's coming in and just kind of, again, making a mockery of the NWA. 
and how he went about losing the championship was just it's just disgusting um so to watch trevor someone who is just you know naturally genuinely just a happy person you know he's just a happy overall person he's a great friend he's a great performer um but even he has had it lately and you can just see the effect of that person that i will not mention by name rubbing off even on someone on the likes of trevor murdoch well, on June 11th, uh, the pay-per-view is called All- Always Ready, and we're always ready to see the C-word person uh, get his comeuppance in- on the pay-per-view, especially in Knoxville on Fight TV. There's something about Knoxville and the Tennessee area, the mid- mid-Atlantic area, the mid-South area that has this hotbed of found- foundation for the NWA and professional wrestling what is it to be in Tennessee for something like this? Oh, it's absolutely huge. You know, like everything you had just mentioned, it's like when I think of the NWA, I just think of I think of the South. You know what I mean? Um, so to have it be in Tennessee and have this, this huge pay-per-view um, ahead of us, it's just to be a part of the NWA, to be a part of this upcoming pay-per-view. It's just, it's huge. It's a big deal. And I'm looking forward to it. The NWA has revitalized the women's division, especially with Camille as the current women's uh, champion. The tag team championships there, the national titles there, uh, revitalized most recently the junior heavyweight title. What about possibly the United States tag team titles or a women's national title coming about? I mean, I always say never say never when it comes to the NWA um, because, you know, since uh, Billy Corgan bought it and took it over, there's a lot of changes um, on the forefront. And, I mean, when I say changes, I mean for the better. Um, There's definitely a lot of things that are being worked on in the NWA behind the scenes. Um, So to see those two things that you just mentioned as a possibility, like I said, never say never. Because Billy is just, he's such a breath in a fresh air when it comes to not only the NWA, but professional wrestling as a whole. Um, he's got a great mind for this business, you know, just to sit in on the production meetings with him and listen to him speak about pro wrestling. It's like, wow, this man knows, he knows his pro wrestling. He knows so much about the business, the history of the business, everything. And it's just very... Um, it's very impressive to listen to the man speak about pro wrestling and the NWA. And it's just, it makes me really happy to listen to him speak about it. Um, so like I said, there's a lot of things, um, to come, good things to come in the NWA. We are just getting started. I know the NWA has been around for so long, but I truly feel like this is the time for the NWA. And like you said, when, you know, other promotions are out there, they're trying to compete with one another and one off one another, the NWA we're our own entity. We, we stay in our own lane. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, we're not trying to compete with anyone. And it's not that we can't. You know, like, we have all the potential and the resources to compete. We just choose not to go that route. You know, well, you also don't need to. No, absolutely not. I mean, the NWA speaks for itself. Throughout, throughout the history of professional wrestling, and especially in the last few decades, there have been a lot of outsiders coming into promotions and some people have felt they were a death nail or some people felt that it was fan booking. Was there ever that fear 
when Corgan came in to the NWA, realizing that, yes, he's coming from a different industry, but the music industry isn't that different than professional wrestling. Um, so I will say I wasn't there when Billy initially bought the NWA. Um, he's been owner of the NWA for, I think, about five years now. And I just started with the NWA last March, March 2021. But I will say um, just the vibe of the NWA. No one feels that Billy does not know what he's doing um, as far as being the owner, the booker. I mean, everything goes through him at the end of the day before you see what you see every week on Fight TV. But Billy, he's just so humble in his own right. And he, if, if one person, you know, has the right to walk around with his nose in the air, it's Billy, but he does not do that. I mean, he asks talent for their input and their ideas on certain things. And you would think someone like Billy Corgan, you know, no, no, he makes all the decisions. You know, nothing goes to anyone else but him, but it's totally not like that. He likes to include, um, you know, other people, talent's opinions on things that, you know, you see on NWA programming week after week. And it's not because he doesn't know what he's doing or he's asking people because he's out of ideas or he doesn't know what to write or what to book. He does. He's got a genius mind when it comes to pro wrestling. Um, So for him to just give talent that opportunity to, you know, just be included in some of the decisions um, as far as their character goes and, you know, their storylines and their matches, it's just a breath of fresh air to see that. Like, he's not selfish with anything at all. Well, on June 11th, with the pay-per-view being named after your current least favorite person in the NWA and his gimmick, (coughs) excuse me, I'm getting over this cough still, Uh, Corrigan sits there and, you know, he's booked the show. He's, for some reason, given this person their own pay-per-view. What is the one thing that you want to see most come out of this, besides, of course, him losing the NWA's world heavyweight title? Well, this is, I mean, even though the pay-per-view is after him, I'm not going to breathe any more light or energy into him. Because we talked about him a lot in this interview. I feel like he's been the forefront of the, in the focus of this interview, and I don't want that to be all about him, because there are many more, you know, talent that we could be talking about as well that, you know, actually respect what they do and they respect the NWA. Um, but I don't want to see, at the end of the day, I don't wish harm or, or, or any ill energy on anyone. So I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, I hope to see him lose. Because I don't want to see anybody lose. I want everybody to continue to succeed and thrive, you know, in the NWA. I don't wish that on anyone. But at the same time, in the same sentence, um, I don't, again, not to sound like a broken record, but I feel like I'm repeating myself here. It's just, um, I don't know how he was able to come in and, and like weasel his way into a championship match and have a pay-per-view named after him. So, um, pretty much I'm just looking for him to be silenced and I don't care who does it. And that's really all I have to say on, on him. I don't want to talk about him anymore, please. <laughs> well, then let's brighten up the night sky with Velvet After Dark, your new show with the NWA. You know, tell us how this all came about because this is a fun show for you. It runs about what twenty five, thirty minutes, you know, and you and you're being you with your guests and ta- talking it up. What, when did this come about, and how did this, uh, you know, finally come to fruition? It's so funny that you asked that. So, um, 
you know, when, when Joe and Tim and myself were on commentary, um, you know, recalling the matches and, you know, it's obvious, you know, our shows are taped. So in between matches, when we're not live, you know, on the mics, our mics, our headsets are still, they're still on, meaning we can communicate with Billy and, you know, production in the back and stuff like that. But obviously what we say in between matches is not recorded for our audiences to hear. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so in between matches and in between shows, sometimes Joe and Tim and I will just kind of be silly in the things that we say, you know, sometimes a little bit raunchy, but all in good fun. You know, I have a really fun um, sense of humor as do Joe and Tim. So nine times out of 10, it's me initiating the silly nonsensical stuff that kind of is said it in between matches and it's just to make each other laugh it's you know it's just we're just kind of talking amongst ourselves so i just remember um one of the times we were doing that we were just joking off air but again our, our mics are still live for not the audiences but for the people in the back like billy and production to hear i just remember saying something so kind of like grotesque but in a funny way mm-hmm. Um, and everyone started la- like Bill or um, Joe and Tim started laughing. I'm laughing so hard I can't breathe. And then Corgan chimes in on the headset and he's laughing his ass off too. And I'm like, oh my gosh! I'm like, I didn't know you heard me say. I don't can't remember what it was I said. I was like, I can't believe I just that, that that you heard me say that. I'm sorry. And he's like, no, 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 no. It was great. And I I said something, but then after I said it, I was like, we're gonna save that for NWA. And when I said NWA after dark, he chimed and he's like, oh, my God, I love that. That's great. Ha, ha, ha. So, like, week after week um, of that, you know, I'm just kind of saying something and then referencing NWA after dark, which is not a thing. It's just something my silly mind came up with. Um, Billy had approached me one day, and he's like, oh, my gosh. He goes, let's do a Velvet after dark kind of segment. And, like, it's something different. Let's see how it goes. So I was never expecting that to come of just my sick, twisted mind and the things that I say. But when he approached me about it, I was like, really, are you serious? <laughs> and he's like, yeah, let's do it. He's like, it's great. You know, I like the name, but let's, you know, we'll have you host the show one week and it'll have a different feel to it. And people will be able to see you in a non-commentary role and, you know, just be yourself. So I'm like, okay, let's do it. So we filmed an episode of it. And we did push the envelope a little bit, but it's just all in good fun. You know, we had some, most people, a lot of people liked it, but then you had like, you know, the people that are like, oh, you know, this is, this is not what the NWA stands for and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, just lighten up, just lighten up a little bit. Like, it's just, it's all in the sake of fun and entertainment and something different. And if Billy Corgan liked it and approved it, then to me, that's all that matters because He's the boss man, and everything goes through him, and he loved it, and he approved it, and in between takes of us taping it, we were dying laughing. Like, we even said something that brought Billy to his knees in laughter and while we were filming it. And I saw that out of the corner of my eyes, um, him fall to his knees laughing, and it took everything inside of me while we were filming when I saw him fall to his knees to not break character and laugh. But I'm like, nope, in my mind, I'm like, don't do it. Don't laugh. Don't break character. It's too good right now. So, you know, you're going to, you're always going to have those critics that are just going to criticize everything and, you know, say the sky's green when it's blue. And it's, but again, 
it's all in the it's all in good fun and all in the name of entertainment and that's pretty much it well i'm glad you're having a good time with it because it looked like you were oh it was absolutely so much fun it was so silly you know what i mean it wasn't me being serious it's just you know it's just like i said all i have to say is all it's all in the name of fun and entertainment that's all i have to say about it well sometimes the best ideas come just from riffing absolutely as did this one <clears throat> Excuse me. As everything continues to move forward, you know, you've been with the NWA just for a handful of months, but it's, it means so much to you at this point that it feels like you've been there for almost a 30 year career. What is it like having gone from being the in ring performer to now being a color commentator? So, I mean, I wrestled professionally for, oh gosh, like 15, 16 years. And that's really all I ever wanted to do. That's what I had my sights set on when I signed up to be a pro wrestler. Um, but after I retired from, uh, you know, in-ring action in, in 2016, I just needed a break because um, I wasn't having fun anymore. And it's just, I mean, a lot of people will vouch for me, and not that I need anyone to vouch for me, but a lot of people will agree with me who worked at, uh, you know, TNA at the time management was just insane like all over the place no one was seeing eye to eye with them um it had just gone so downhill as far as management um that i mean i wasn't having fun anymore and a lot of the talent in tna at the time weren't and i'm not saying anything bad about tna i love tna you know they're always going to be my home base and the, the company that gave me my opportunity to have you know be a breakout performer um so I have nothing bad to say about them as a whole, but just at the time was not a good time to be working there. So my contract was coming to an end in 2016, and um, I really didn't want to be there anymore. So I didn't resign, and I retired from in-ring action. And I kind of just needed to break from the industry because it's just something that I had been dedicating my life to since I was, my gosh, 20, 19 or 20. Um so I just needed to take a little break. And then I stayed involved in as far as um, doing autograph signings and, you know, appearances and stuff like that because I didn't want to walk away from it as a whole, that I knew my time as a pro wrestler was finished. So, um, I mean, after a while, it's like anyone that's in the business will tell you, like, wrestling's in your blood no matter what. You can try and walk away from it, but it's really hard to. And it's not, for me, it's not an egotistical thing like, oh, I need to be in the spotlight. I don't need to be in the spotlight. You know, I had my time in the spotlight, um, you know, when I was part of the beautiful people with Angelina Love. Um, and it was great. We had the time of our lives. But it was just one of those things where it's like, wow, I really miss this industry. So I knew um, after that that I wanted to somehow be involved in the industry, just not in a professional wrestler role. And before I retired in 2016, Billy Corgan, he was um, a part of TNA. And I remember working very closely with him on my character, the serious kind of stoic velvet guy that you all saw before I retired. That's kind of how I met Billy. And we kind of hit it off right away as friends and coworkers. And, um, you know, he gave me a lot of ideas having to do with my character. So when I left, um, you know, I, like I said, I just missed the industry as a whole. And then, Fast forward to March of 2021, I got the call from NWA, and I was told, hey, Billy wants you to come and be a commentator here. And I'm like, are you serious? 
and they're like, yeah, you know, he, you know, speaks very highly of you, and, and he wants you to be the third person on commentary with Joe and Tim. And I was excited, but I mean, I'm not going to lie when I say I was hesitant at first, um, because obviously I've never done anything in this industry except wrestle. And it's not that I was doubting myself, because I have all the faith in myself that I could pull off any role in this industry. Um, I've been around it from, you know, most of my youth. So even though I'm not versed in a lot of the positions in pro wrestling, I feel like I definitely would excel at any role or opportunity that was given to me. And that's not me being conceited or egotistical. Obviously that would come with a lot of reps and training first as commentary is. And I feel like at first, you know, I was, I was just a little nervous. Um, I never, I did definitely wanted to come and try to roll out. Um, but I mean, I am still learning as I go. I just feel like at this point I have found my groove behind that desk with Joe and Tim and a lot of that phrase has to go to them because from day one of me coming into the NWA, they have been nothing but good to me. The both of them have taken me under their wing and kind of just taught me as I go and given me, you know, friendly advice as I go. And I really could not ask for two better colleagues behind that desk than Joe Galley and Tim Storm. So I'm very grateful for this opportunity that Philly and the NWA has given to me as commentary because it really fills the void in you know, um, wanting to be still active in this industry in another role except wrestling. Right. And, you know, I tried when I wanted to kind of come back around after a little bit of a hiatus in this industry, um, you know, um, there were other opportunities available to me in other companies, but they were like, we just, we want, we need you to wrestle. We would love to have you in this company, but we would need you to wrestle. And I'm like, I'm not wrestling ever again in my life. I'm done. Like that, that chapter in that book is closed. Like for sure, for good. Right. No You're like what. my my knees and my elbows are telling me otherwise. Right. Like there's not even going to be one more match. There's that's not that's out of the question. So I did have opportunities presented to me um, with other wrestling organizations, but they're like, you know, we need you to wrestle. We would want you to wrestle. And I'm just like, mm, nope, not going to happen. So again, when Billy came forward and, you know, I, I, I was, you know, told that he wants me to come and do commentary. I mean, it was a no brainer to like, yeah, absolutely. I'm going to do this. So I feel like it's been a smooth transition. Um, you know, I definitely feel like, again, I haven't found my groove there. Obviously it's still really new to me and I still have a lot to learn. Um, but I'm, you know, it's one of those things where you kind of learn as you go. You know, I had a lot, learn a lot of the, um, you know, who the, who, some of the wrestlers were when I came to NWA. Um, there's a lot of familiar faces, but there was also a lot of new faces that I wasn't familiar with either. So, um, you know, had to learn their name, their moveset, their story um, pretty quickly. Um, it's not something that, you know, you're going to sit and study and for hours and hours and you're just going to know everything about them. It's like you have to watch it unfold in front of your eyes week after week sitting in front of that commentary desk and, again, just kind of learning as you go. Right. And I don't know if you had the same experience that I did, but I've recently spoke with Joe and Tim for the first time. And just in our conversations, it felt like I had known them for a lifetime. Like it was like putting on an old pair of shoes. That's how easily we fit into our conversation and just started talking to each other. That's exactly what I said to you. I told them that to their face one day. I was like, guys, I feel like you and I, like we, the three of us, I feel like we've known each other forever. And that's just how um, great peop of people they are. How quickly the three of us have clicked, you know, as a team and just as friends in general. 
um, I will sing all the praises to the two of them and everyone. Way just it's really like this is gonna sound cliche. It feels like one big family, um, but it really does because everyone is. It's just like the vibe there is happy. It's just so happy. It's a breath of fresh air to be a part of this company. It really is, and I look forward. Anytime it's time to go do tapings, like I actually look forward to getting on a plane and going and seeing and working with everybody. Like, how far is your travel for for the shows, for the tapings at least? What do you mean? How far is my travel? Like, like what? Like, are you in Alabama? Are you in South Carolina? Are you in Florida? Like, Connecticut. Okay. So you're so uh, having worked in TNA and in the Southern states all this time, you still go back to Connecticut and freeze in the winter. Yeah, this is where I grew up. I was born and raised here. My family's here. I'm very close with my family, so the thought of moving away from them at this time um, is out of the question. You know, even though Connecticut wouldn't be my first choice of a place to continue to live, um, for the time being, this is where my seat will continue to be planted. So I'm able to see my parents, my, my family, um, you know, with with just a quick drive. I never wanted to move away and go, okay, well, you know, this Christmas you'll you'll fly to see me. Thanksgiving I'll fly to see I didn't want to get into that. I'm like, nah, I'm going to just stay here, like, for now. Well, and the cool thing about that is it's only, like, a three-hour flight to, to Knoxville, so. Yeah, not bad at all. Mm. No complaints there. See, so you're doing something right in life. That's the important thing. Absolutely. Family's number one. They always have been and they always will. You know, I can move anywhere in the world that I want to. But at the end of the day, I'd be missing them, and that would be the void. I'd be like, well, I have this beautiful house and this beautiful scenery where I live now. But I'm like, well, I don't have the most important thing, my family here. Right. So, that, like, to me, that outweighs moving anywhere I would want to move. I got you. No, it makes sense. Yeah. And then, like, coming back to wrestling is kind of like a family. Like, there's only so many tomatoes and carrots you can plant in your garden before you want to actually, like, live life again. Absolutely. Yeah. When you got the call to to come in, there's always some sort of hesitation or trepidation about it. But that first day on set, what did that feel like for you? Um, God, I remember just like I remember just being a little nervous, and I I really don't get nervous, but I had just been re- I had removed myself from you know the industry for so long prior to coming to, to um, NWA. You know, I was just a little nervous because I didn't know what to expect. Um, but I knew anything being associated with Billy was just going to be great. Just having worked with him prior to coming to NWA. Um, so I was a little nervous because, you know, it was my first time in this role, this brand new role as a commentator. But upon meeting Joe and Tim right away, like we just, we hit it off immediately as friends, like immediately. And, um, like I said, they just took me under their wing. As soon as I put the headset on, you know, we were just kind of rocking and rolling, and I was a little quiet. I was a little more quiet on the headset at first, you know, just obviously till I found my groove. Um, but it's just one of those roles that's like, once you put the headset on, you kind of just fall right into it. It's like, okay, we're live. Let's go. Let's go. There's no time to be nervous. There's no time to think about what you're going to say. It's like, you say what you see, you call what you see in the ring, and the rest is history. You know, I, I've never met Billy personally. Uh, I've talked to Nick Aldis, I think, once, like seven years ago. But I remember an interview during the pandemic, and people asked, you know, why haven't you left the NWA? And he said, because Billy treated him so well and was so loyal to him. And I can hear that in your voice and in your tone, 
even showing up post-pandemic, that, you know, Billy really does take care of you guys. Oh, he does. And anyone who speaks good about Billy, like, we're not kissing his ass. It's not like, oh, it's Billy Corgan. We have to say these things. Oh, my God, smashing pumpkins. We're going to kiss his ass. It's not even like that at all. You know, if Billy wasn't the person that he really is, you know, I would, you know, I'd put him over, of course. But to just dwell on it, I don't have to do that. I don't have to, you know, I don't have to do that at all. But I, like, I want to do that because I want everyone to know what a wonderful, caring person Billy really is. He, I mean, like I said, if anyone has the right to walk around with their nose up in the air. No, but yeah, no, there's a total difference between gushing over somebody legitimately and then just putting them over for work. And it seems like everybody's been legit about Corrigan thus far. Because he's just a genuine person and he really is just, um, he just, the opportunities that he gives to people are just, um, you know, they're just, they're great. They're wonderful. I can't say enough good things about Billy. Now, what about a westward expansion coming out to California? I mean, like I said, the NWA, we're definitely, we have the wheels in motion. There are a lot of things being worked on behind the scenes. We are venturing out to different uh, states and cities. So, um, you know, there's always an opportunity to come out that way. Like, absolutely. And possibly a northeastern invasion. I mean, Connecticut's right there. Yeah, that would be great. Like I said, we're definitely exploring our options as far as new places to come film and, and stuff like that. So we are un- we're literally just getting started. So I just want to tell everyone, just, just stay tuned. Just when you think you saw it all, you really haven't. Lots of exciting new things to come with NWA. Well, I do need to ask you this. Since you did take time away from, from the industry, you did go into the autograph signings and you know do fan events. How do you break it to your dad now that after a five-year hiatus... I'm going back into this industry that I put my body on the line for. My parents are super excited, no matter what I do. They're very supportive. They weren't disappointed when I retired. And they understood. They saw how hard I worked all those years. Um, So it's not like they were, you know, sad or depressed when I retired. And now I'm coming back and they're like, wait, what are you doing? (laughs) They're very excited for me in this role. Um, When I told them, you know, I had this opportunity and they've always been super supportive and they still are so they're very excited for me that's great because there's always that fear of like you know oh my god is she actually going she says she's not going to wrestle again but will she like you know that manipulation that's it within the industry trying to get people to you know one more match one more pay-per-view one more event one more you know whatever lights out match even we've been seeing a lot of those as of late oh god no my parents know you know when i say i'm done with something or when i say i'm going to do something or i'm not going to do something they know they not once were they worried about oh my god is she gonna wrestle again and hurt herself? That's just not how it is. Not how it is with me. My word is my word. My yes is my yes, and my no is my no. There's no gray area with me. I dig it. You know, the one thing I do appreciate that's going on with you guys at the NWA is that there is zero wasted talent. Like everybody builds the show without just being you know waiting in the ocean. And just like hoping for the tide to come in, come in and swoop them to shore. You know, everyone has a purpose. Everyone has a position that matters. Oh yeah, like I always say, the NWA is the land of opportunity, and Billy is always looking, you know, to bring new talent in to showcase them, highlight them, to see what they can do, and possibly, you know, land a recurring role in the NWA. He's always very open to new talent. 
um, and the talent that we have there now. Like you said, no one goes to waste. Everyone is always featured in some way on the show. You know, and that's just um, that's just the way things go in the NWA. So, like I said, the land of opportunity. You know, we have NWA power. We have NWA has two or three shows at this point on Fight TV and YouTube, correct? Uh, yes, we have um, Power, we have Power Surge, mm-hmm. and we have NWA USA, which is the YouTube show. And we do have Velvet After Dark. And we have Velvet After Dark. Yeah, yeah. so there's that. <laughs> yeah, yes. it's just con- con- going to continue to grow. This company is just going to continue to thrive and to grow. And it's just um, it's very exciting to be a part of this company. Well, I remember pre-pandemic, you know, just to put the NWA over from a personal standpoint, I got a text from a buddy of mine, and all he types is, NWA power, you know, and he sends me the link, and he's like, just click here. And, if, you know, I clicked the link when it was still the YouTube show, and he's like, best wrestling on TV. And I'm like, okay, I'll take your word for it. And then I just watched one episode, and I was like, all right, the NWA is completely back. Yeah. Yeah. And we've been hooked ever since. The, the NWA has never strayed from, you know, the feel that it's always been. It's just that, it's that old school, intimate studio kind of setup. Um, and I think that's what makes us different from, you know, other promotions. It's just we have that old school, intimate kind of studio TV wrestling um, kind of setup and kind of feel. And that's just kind of like, you know, it's just kind of how the NWA has operated all along. And it's good to not stray from that because that's like the roots of the NWA. And that's what made it different and unique. You know, one of my colleagues and I were talking and we were talking about one of the other promotions that fills up stadiums for their biggest show of the year. And at some points it gets so grotesquely large that you spent, you know, $500 on a ticket for nosebleed to watch it on TV via binoculars when you could easily right. could have watched it at home. And there's something about a venue that doesn't seat more than, say, three, 4,000 people that allows you to get the entire feel of a giant crowd while still being in an intimate setting and watching wrestling in the ring with your own eyes, not needing binoculars or a telescope or anything. And the NWA has done that for the audience. Going in and watching the crowd's reaction in comparison to where you, you Tim, and Joe are, what does that say for the product itself? I mean, like I said, um, the NWA just offers a more intimate feel, um, you know, and um, I dig that setup more than being in a, you know, super crowded arena. And not that I have anything against arena shit, but, I mean, there's no bad seat in the house for any fan when they come to see an NWA show. Yeah, because uh, you know, a buddy of mine went and spent oodles of money to go see, and I'm not knocking them because, you know, I'm sure Billy Joel puts on a great show, but to see Billy Joel at Dodger Stadium doesn't make sense to me when you're that far away, but when it's pro wrestling, you want to be able to see the larger-than-life athleticism. Right, I mean, I don't, like, for me, like, I relate it to, like, going to concerts and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. It's like, if I'm going to go to a concert, I'm going to sit close to the front row. Mm -hmm. Because if I'm going to sit in the nosebleed section, I'd rather not go at all or just watch the concert on, you know, um, you know, on TV when it's released in some form or on YouTube rather, you know, when I, I don't want to be sitting in the nosebleeds anywhere I go. Because for that reason, I'm like, well, what did I spend money on a ticket for if I can't get the full up close and personal experience when I could have just watched the stream on YouTube or on TV at some point? 
And that's how it is with the NWA with wrestling here. It's like, like I said, there's no bad seat in the house. Everybody has access to, um, you know, being having one the best seat in the house. A backstage question for you. I know Corrigan, you know, musician, award-winning uh, bands and everything else that he's done. Has there ever been a moment where the music crosses over with the professional wrestling and he's performed for the audience? The NWA? Yeah, like, you know, like a small, you know, Smashing Pumpkins concert or Billy Corgan, you know, medley yeah. just during the tapings. Uh, from, I mean, I've only been there for a little over a year, and from what I've seen in a year, no. Prior to that, I, I honestly couldn't tell you that. I don't know if he's done any of that. All right. Well, let's put the uh, pay-per-view on June 11th over one more time. Always ready is the pay-per-view. Your least favorite person is a part of it. We're not necessarily talking about him, but we're talking about the rest of the lineup. Why do we need to get the pay-per-view on Fight TV? Because the NWA um, is highlighting and showcasing some of the best wrestlers out there today. New faces, old faces, the legacy, the history, the honor, the respect that the NWA holds all together in those three letters. Again, we're on our own lane. We're doing our own thing. We're not pattering any other wrestling organization out there. Um, and everyone just works so hard, and there's a lot of good matches in store for that pay-per-view. Awesome. Velvet Sky, it's a pleasure. Hopefully we'll keep in touch because it's been a lot of fun chatting with you. Where can we find you and the NWA on social media? Well, you can find the NWA um, if you go to Fights TV. It's an app. You download the app. That's F-I-T-E TV. Download the app. You search for NWA Power. That's with three R's. It's four ninety nine a month to subscribe. Um, you watch. Yeah, uh, our shows are on every Tuesday evening at six oh five p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and then we have our YouTube shows at noon um, on Saturdays. So that's where you can find me and the NWA. Um, you can find me on Instagram at Sky is Velvet and on Twitter at Velvet Holler. Awesome. Velvet Sky, it's been a great pleasure. Talk to you soon. June 11th, the pay-per-view out of Knoxville. Always ready, and we're ready for it. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you for having me. All right.